Scarborough dude I just put out yesterday 800, oh my god, it's hard to keep track now 13 I guess, yeah because I, I've i never said the number 814 well I can't say that with certainty that I've never said that number before 814 but um, anyway, it feels new to me okay, let's put it that way, so this is probably Dixon Jane's podcast 814 and this is your host yours truly, the one and only, the Scarborough dude uh, very pleased to be here. <laughs> very pleased to be alive, in fact, uh, on this planet Earth at this time, 2020. Uh, yeah, what is the date? Anyway, it's August, October. October's always a, a full month, it seems. I mean, just stuff going on. Um, oh, come on. October 18th. Yeah. Um, lots of things. I find I've been going through these letters, of course, which I'll get back to. I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of them seem to have been written in October when I'm sort of making plans, wondering what's ahead, what's coming next year, digging in either at school or a new job or something. It's an exciting time. And right now, this very October, um, it's a very pleasant time for me. I, I you know, this whole COVID time, for me, the timing has been just right because I don't really want to be doing anything else. I don't want to be going anywhere. I don't want to be in bars. I'm not missing anything. And I've had almost the whole year has been like that. For starting with my surgery, February 10th, I think, uh, I spent, you know, 10 days after that in hospital and then started the, uh, you know, what do you call it when you do the physiotherapy and then, uh-oh, this COVID thing, you can't come anymore, and uh, sort of been more or less in isolation since then. You know, a few camping trips and a uh, trip to Ottawa or two, but uh, not much else. But overall, looking back at the full year, it was October, I guess, when I returned with my son from our drive across Canada. I don't know what the date is. I could easily find it, but you don't need to know. I don't need to know at this moment. Uh, but feeling good about all of that, but feeling especially, as you've been hearing on probably the past few episodes, so rejuvenated from these old letters. Um, I notice in a lot of them, the ones to Bruce, I'm saying, this is a keeper, you know, save this one, just put it in my storage locker or something. So I hadn't realized the Ken then knew save these things because I'm not keeping a diary but it seems that I'm I'm writing enough in these letters that maybe he back then in 1983 whatever year 74 75 actually no letters from 74 to Bruce because we were living in Vancouver together neither of us were traveling we were there in the same city he didn't write letters when you're together 
but all the other years, yeah, from um, pretty well 69 on. Um, 71, I didn't really know, but 72 is when I got to know him when he was just heading out west. Knew who he was, of course. He lived a block over in Lachine. But uh, we weren't friends and hanging out till, uh, and then really bonded. Sort of, I guess, his, before he headed out west <coughs> in 71, I guess. So we were hanging out at that time in Lachine. Uh, a lot of partying around then, of course. You know, it started with Expo. I think that's when I probably really became a drinker and just carried right on. And then, boy, landed in Vancouver in 72. And uh, he was already out there with Muriel. And uh, boy, oh boy. Yeah, you've heard me talk about that. Well, the fact is, except for those years in Vancouver, I have all the rest of my life documented. And it's amazing me to read through, you know, I mean, the happy times, uh, you know, the various girlfriends and then the, the downtimes, the loneliness, the shyness, you know, sitting in a bar drinking, wishing you could talk to that lovely Roman and the woman in the red sweater. Uh, so there's just a mixed bag. And then the one I typed out last night was the honeymoon Nelko I had on Koh Samui in um, Thailand on, on, on the island of when we finally, you know, we had already been married, but Christmas, I told my company I was returning to Canada and then didn't, instead went to Thailand and then sent a postcard saying, well, guess what? Actually, I got married instead. Uh, we needed to keep it that way, or I felt we did. Kind of secret. And that whole story is in there, too. Uh, you know, so, man. So I'm already at the point, you know, it didn't take me long to get into that, did it? Where I'm thinking, is this going to have to be two volumes there are so many letters, and each one is, is a unique time in my life. And, and I know, I know, for somebody else, yeah, so what? Who cares about your life? Well, I do. And the fact that it it is of a time when you could just pick up work, move to a different city, get a new job, start over again. And I'm I'm even aware of it at that time, the luxury of the freedom we had. Uh, Bruce, I'd, I mentioned in this one letter, Bruce had just made a quote along the lines of, it takes a lot of work to lead a life of leisure. And uh, it's actually quite funny, but, you know, it wasn't the simple route. I mean, for a lot of people, the route was you get your job and you just go in and you, you know, count on having some holidays and do the normal things. And we didn't want that. And I was lucky enough to have other friends who felt the same, and Bruce in particular, who I could confide in and uh, share the excitement and the stories and know that if I send him a, a letter from a campfire in northern Ontario, he would understand exactly what that was about. And vice versa, you know, because I've got all his letters. So, yeah. So enough to, to know what I'm doing with it. I mean, I'm already, I'm, I'm, I'm just starting and I've got 160 pages formatted in this six by nine, um, pages formatted book. It's, it's replacing what uh, Apple used to have a publisher book thing, which I had a copy of. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, there's a lot more to go. So either this is the, the first idea, this will just be a big book, like, you know, 400, 500 pages, 
that you just flip through occasionally. You just pick up at random and read a letter. It's just like a, a reference thing, you know. Just for the hell of it. Oh, wonder where Ken is here. Oh, that's interesting. And I, I think they are. I think people would find it interesting. Uh, and I would recommend... <coughs> I'm already writing the foreword in my head, you know. Read it through in the random order they are. And then maybe go back and read it again, some of it. Skim if you have to. Um in order of sequential order to see how you went from this stage to this stage, from 69 up to finally, you know, getting married and having kids, which, you know, earlier letters I was doing anything to avoid. <sighs> I know it, it's hard for me to talk about this without feeling uh, a little embarrassed, a little bit on the defensive. Uh, I, I, I imagine sometimes certain people reacting to the words I'm saying now and not liking me, not liking my tone, not liking what I'm saying. And I go, why, why should I feel that way? Why, why should I feel defensive about this? I'm just so fucking pleased that I have my book. I have all these documents. I, it's all there. I just have to put them together and edit. <laughs> I am thinking... A good job to be at the end job, once they're all in, will be to reread. It would even be wiser to have an editor, but no, I want to do that. It's my project uh, to reread and take out parts, you know, start, okay, now, you don't need to leave all that in there and start, you know, thinning it out a bit. That's what editors do. That's what editing is. Uh, but for now, it's just, no, put the whole damn letter out there, type the whole damn thing out. And these are, we're talking... You know, the one I just did now, dictated, was an eight-page letter. Um, and it took place over about four months. just wasn't being sent. Um, start 83. I decided I'm going to go to Carleton University, take a TESOL certificate, which is what led me to Japan. I'm already thinking Japan's a possibility, uh, with a big question mark beside it. And meanwhile, I've got a job out in the country for the... Uh, uh, Association for Mentally Handicapped, a group home where I'm sort of preparing meals and being a counselor and uh, getting people to their doctor's appointments and so on. And meanwhile, I'm living, and I'd forgotten all about this. Well, I hadn't forgotten, but I mean, I'm putting the addresses in and saying, oh, here's an address, a P.O. box in Russell, Ontario. Yeah. So that's the other thing, the way they formatted it. It's, it's where I've written it from, what's like the return address, and who it's to. And those are just, they're crazy. There's just so many addresses of, for Bruce, for Peter, uh, well, Bruce in particular, uh, and then for myself. And, you know, where where I, where I was writing from. So anyway, it's all so very satisfying and making me feel very glad about looking back about my entire life and, and realizing, you know, and not taking credit for it, realizing I had a line today when I was having my shower. The line was uh, something like, I can't take any credit for this. Thanks go to the Bohemians, the Beats, and the hippie sheep who followed. And the hippie sheep, I call it, followed. Uh, because they blazed the trail. The trail was blazed, or the, not, blazed the trail, I guess so. So that it made it easier. Yeah. When you're young, you go to Europe. You hitchhike around. You get a backpack and you see Europe, you know. And uh, later on in life, you just want to drift. You want to start a new life in a new city. Yeah, just do it. 
And you want to travel? Okay, well, find some way to travel. So there you go. All right, that's the introduction. That's, uh, that's all you're going to get for now because I'm going to go back to now that I've dictated uh, all these letters. i got to go back and now proofread them and fix all the errors and punctuation and so on. But uh, that's part of, part of the job. I'm making a conscious effort. Like I went through and realized I was missing periods. I had letters. I was missing 1971. And there's, well, there, that's 71. Yeah, I was at Sir George, 71. Why wouldn't I? I was living in Lachine still. I didn't leave until 72. So I was still living at my parents' home. <coughs> Probably didn't know Bruce well enough to write. Um, and didn't. Uh, 74, because I was living in Vancouver then. Uh, and then 76, and so then I went back and found, no, 76. What was I doing in 76? Jesus. Isn't this, no, that's 83. Where was I in 76? So I got a whole, no, what the hell? 83, all these are 83. I thought I had 76. Oh, here we are. Bruce 76. Where was I? Oh, come on. He's... In an apartment on Nelson Street. Oh, that's downtown West End. What's my answer? Oh, yeah, I'm living in Toronto, 446 Markham Street, Toronto, Ontario. Uh, was visiting with Robin at that time, my good friend Louise, and then I had my own apartment. That's right, and then one of my first teaching jobs at Lord Dufferin School. So, yeah, so I got 76 covered, uh, 83 plenty. So I'm really only missing 71 and 74. And then it just tapers off once you get into the 90s. Okay, that's it. Scarborough Dude, still on the same old thing. And uh, you're probably going to be hearing more about this for a long time to come. But uh, bear with me or not. But uh, God, I hope you buy my book. Out next spring. Scarborough Dude signing off. Bing, bing, bing. Been around this whole country, but I never yet found Fenario. Well, as we march down, as we march down, well, as we march down to Fenario, well, I kept you filling in love with a lady like a dove, and even its head was pretty peggy old. What will your mother say? What will your mother say, pretty Peggy? Oh, what will your mother say? Do you know you're going away? You're never, never, never coming back, you Come a running down your stairs, come a running down your stairs, pretty Peggy O. 
Come running down your stairs, combing back your yellow hair. You're the prettiest darn girl ever seen, yo. Lieutenant, he is gone. The lieutenant, he is gone. The lieutenant, he is gone. Pretty Peggy, oh, the lieutenant, he is gone. Wrong, gone. He's a riding down in Texas with the rodeo. Captain, he is dead. Oh, our captain, he is dead. Our captain, he is dead. Pretty Peggy, oh, well, the captain, he is dead. He died for me. He's buried somewhere in Louisiana, oh. Hello, hello. Oh, I was going to check the time, but uh, my son took my phone away. Apparently his phone needs, uh, I don't know, (laughs) something. But he needed another phone to talk to the people to uh, get his phone working again. Oh, I've been feeling so joyous, as, as you've heard. And today I had a setback of my own doing. And it was, I made a nice lunch for my son and I, um, you know, tuna melt and uh, just a can of vegetable soup. But anyway, we were sitting there and I started going on about this letter project. Um, And I don't know, I, I, I was going on about maybe a place I was at or something. And he said, yeah, you told me. And it was just then, oh, my God, I realized, this is awful. Here he is. He's at home. He's not working. He's not seeing his girlfriend. Uh, I haven't for a long time because of COVID. She's a, she's a, a daycare teacher or uh, I don't know. But anyway, involved with children. And... I'm so wrapped up in my world that is is really is literally filling me with energy and enthusiasm and and all the good things, but kind of oblivious to his. And you know, they I mean, the message today was, "Hey, I gave you to the end of September to get that car out of the garage." You know, it's twentieth of October today. And, of course, that's got him feeling down. And the reason he's trying to get his phone working properly again is so he can post ads. So, I mean, he's doing something about it. But I just felt 
that that just wasn't. I've always had. Oh, I read things. I'm reading in some of these letters how impatient I was with the children when they were young and they were crying. And I think now, if I could rewind that clock, I'd just pick them up, put them on my lap and hug them and, and just, you know, rock them until they stopped crying. And, and yet then I was complaining, you know, they're crying too much. And I, I suppose, you know, other people have done that or felt that and I know in a letter I you know I was saying I was just it's the strain of you know working and there's always stress in Japan I guess the long hours but mostly I think it was just selfishness on my part and thinking about me and of course you know if you're a listener you're probably thinking yeah you're just figuring that out now dude this whole fucking show for 15 years has been just about you. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to dig myself out of this hole. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sharing, you know. I've just had a nice, wonderful email from uh, Tennessee Jake with another contribution for the zine that's coming out. And there's, there are pieces are coming in. I say, okay, yeah, I did that. Um, I did find the letter to my mother where I talked about this idea since I've got these friends and it was sort of post-Cuso. So I'd made these new friends in Nigeria, but I had these old friends in Vancouver that were connected with and people were starting to, you know, pass through Vancouver and meet up and I was making introductions and I said to my mother, I thought it would be a great idea to start a, a, a newsletter for all these friends. And, and people could write in, and, and I do all so much writing anyway. Why don't I put it into this newsletter idea? And there was talk of um, a reunion, and friends offered their farm in 1988, but we needed a lot of planning. This was, this was August 84, a week before I was leaving for Japan. So I know I was going to be leaving these friends. So it must have made this idea of connecting via newsletter all the more important. And uh, in the end, you know, yeah, we did have that reunion on the farm in Nova Scotia in 88. People came from Northwest Territories, Vancouver, Maritimes, from all over, Toronto, you know, everywhere to, to gather as we had planned, and the plan sort of developed through the uh, through the zine. So yeah, that was me digging myself out of the hole, saying, it's not just me. I'm sharing some of this where, you know, it's a together thing. People do enjoy, or some people do enjoy getting the zine. You know, those who aren't, aren't on the list anymore. So, okay, anyway, enough of that. But no, I, I just, I really felt so bad about that. Here I was... Try and do a nice thing, make him a nice little lunch, you know, which my wife says, hey, he can make his own. Yeah, but, you know, the time will come when I will need, when I will be so dependent. I uh, hope that doesn't last too long, that I'll die before I really become dependent. But anyway, uh, it just, it it took the wind out of my sails. That's one thing to put, but it, and, and for good reason, that it was thoughtless of me. Now, I've said that, and again, I, I weigh things more heavily on the mistakes I make than on the good, than on the better things. Last night we watched, which my son has concluded, was the worst James Bond movie ever, The Spy Who Loved Me. 
um, the guy who wanted to take over, you know, wipe out cities with nuclear weapons from nuclear subs, which he had captured, and and build a new world under sea because that was his fascination. So it was a weak, a weak story. Uh, the worst ever James Bond, uh, what's his name? You know who I mean. And, of course, the name escapes me, but uh, I'm picturing him now. Uh, he, I just, it was awful because they made, you know, James Bond went from a, being sort of like a possible real guy who was really nasty to this guy. And my son was just groaning at all the, the stupid one-liners and, um, you know, jokes and, and, oh, it just, it just became so comical and yet not bad enough to be really camp the way Batman was. Like that, Batman was great, the TV show, but this wasn't there. They were still trying to make him a James Bond. He had all the nice clothing and, but even Q, the weapons they were making were kind of stupid. It, it was all a joke series. Anyway, oh, where's my point? Sorry, wandering a bit. Um, the point was I recorded the night before so that we could fast forward through the ads so that we could sit and watch together, the three of us. And it's been, I've, I felt a maturing in my son during this time. I don't know why. He's just so much nicer to be with and be around and, and we're talking more. So there's a good thing on the other side of the scale. I mean, this, I, I was kind of, you know thoughtless today and sort of going on about these letters because basically it was sort of you know it, it would have appeared of me bragging I did this and I did this and I went there and I you know <sighs> when he's not because of the state of the world right now so okay anyway the the time watching Coronation Street watching um uh, Jeopardy, and then watching a movie together. It's just been, it's been nice. It's been enjoyable, and, and it's been good to have him home. Um, we still disagree heavily on politics, but basically, it's not even that as much as him challenging me, and, and if I make generalizations, and, uh, you know, just to make sure I'm not accepting the status quo as I challenge my parents. So that's all good. Jesus Christ. Why am I fighting so much? It It is that I do focus on the thing, on the mistakes I make. And uh, and then maybe what's worse is kind of overcompensate. Yeah, but I'm a really nice guy and I did this and that and people like me. And that gets just as tiring. Anyway, enough of that. I, I've, my, my brain is just, I'm not focused today. I spent the whole day just sort of putting letters in a bundle and elastics in order and then filing other ones and then pulling out a few. I did find one letter, um, and this again, this is referring to the book that I'm hoping people will want to read or find as interesting as I, I think it is, but, you know, who knows? I, I could be wrong on that. Um, a letter when I just went back to Japan with Naoko, she's pregnant with Kenji, so it's August, and he wasn't born until January, uh, and we're at her mother's place, and I've come back as I promised, that, uh, you know, we had left two years earlier, I'd met her mother then, and I came back, 
And I'm just mentioning one place where she made an extra long sort of coat for me, a traditional Japanese thing that I could wear when we went to the Oban ceremony, the, the welcoming back the spirits of the dead. That she had made it for me and gave me a hug when she tied it around me. And and that was very special. And the house at this time, before her um, stepfather died, was more traditional. There was no furniture. And I'm I'm describing that. And it's interesting. And then I think, yeah, I, I want to put this letter in. It was written to Bruce and Harold. But how would... Nelko feel about me describing inside their home what it was like. I think, well, those are some of the decisions I have to make. You know, am I, am I thinking about what's interesting or might be interesting for others? It's sort of like this, this podcast. I do draw certain lines. I mean, even for me to talk about the disagreement with Daniel was, uh, wasn't even disagreement. It was me being thoughtless is kind of on the edge of where I want to go, you know, where I'm comfortable going. So this letter is an example. Yeah, gosh, I do want to do it because I am, I'm writing about, yeah, no, I'll, I'll include it. It's it's of a time again. It's of a piece because after that, after he died and the son took over, her, her uh, brother took over the home. Everything changed. It became modernized like overnight, with a, a, like a completely different place. So this is of a time when when the the father who only met that maybe once or twice. Um and shared beer with and went out on his boat and I'm talking about the life in the village, I guess I'm talking about this was a village and it's very different from the life that most of my other letters are about in Tokyo and Yokohama. Oh, why am I so uncomfortable? This is just, this has just become very uh, awkward. It's that feeling today. I guess again, reading. I, I know I'm gonna. I'm gonna go backwards. I'm gonna go backwards. What I was gonna start with was the dream I had about the fellow I just mentioned, uh, Tennessee Jake. <sighs> Jake and Glenn, who he's never met, and Glenn is my yeah, well. Anyway, <laughs> a good friend in Vancouver, the fellow I went out with, high school, Debbie's older brother, first gay friend, and so on. Anyway, those two took me out for breakfast because it was my last day in town. It wasn't clear what the town was. It might have been Vancouver. Um, seems, yeah, I had the feeling it was because, I, you know, these are the dreams you have in the morning just before you wake up and, the, and that sort of one dream morphs into another and there's like a chain of them, and there's a very precarious link between the pieces. Anyway, the part I'm getting at is they treated me for breakfast, and we're on our way back from breakfast, and I realize I've got a flight to catch and a connecting flight, so i got to get going. And we're walking up this hill, and Jason sees 
this very attractive girl. I see her and she is just beautiful. And she's sitting there and she's got some homework with her and he just goes right up to her and suddenly I am completely forgotten. And it turns out he's her professor, her teacher, and he delights with sitting beside her and going over her essay that she had written and I'm thinking, hey, whoa, I, I, I got to get going. I got, whoa, I got, I got a flight to catch. I got, I, I got to get back to your place or wherever it was I was staying to get my stuff to get to the airport. And he's just tuned me out completely. And I see that. I mean, I see what he's doing and I understand it. But. Bam, that's it. I'm left on my own and I can't find my way. I'm up on a hill and I'm looking and I don't see any city landmarks to even know which direction I go in. But I've got to get to this place to get my bags, to get to the airport. And I start walking and I'm annoyed that I've been left on my own, that my my friends aren't looking after me the way they're supposed to. And then it kind of jumps, and next thing, I may have been in Montreal, and it may have been winter, but there's a grader. You know these road graders that build roads, these big things, these wonderful things when you're a kid? They're the neatest machine to look at, and they've got a big plow. Well, Montreal <coughs> excuse me, used to use those to plow the roads in winter. They just plow the snow to the side and make these huge banks. And we still do it here sometimes in Scarborough. Um, so... I've got to get across the street, but this thing is stopped right at the corner. It's in the way, so I'm going to have to walk under this plow to get to the other side of the street, to get to who knows where. And meanwhile, I don't know where the jump is in time, but I've heard that I've already missed my uh, flight to Ottawa, and I'm going to miss my connecting flight, and all none of this is good. So anyway, I've got to keep moving, so I'm actually get walking i'm it's it's high enough up these graders that i can walk underneath but just as i get under it to get through to get to the other side of the street um he starts moving and rounding the corner and the plow starts coming down and i realize oh my god i could be killed right now like this i've got to get through this thing and out before i am i'm just i'm killed by this piece of machinery this is awful And just lucky for me, I woke up just as I was, I think in the dream, I was clear, I was going to get through, I knew I was going to get through and woke up and it was was time to get up. But anyway, thanks, Jason. (sighs) It, It just was amazing. Now, of course, you look back and, well, why the dream? Why the cities? Well, because in all the letters I've been reading that night before, I'm going from one city to the other. Letters to parents. I'm talking about the flight I'm going to be on. I'm talking about Canadian airlines. So the cities, the airlines, <laughs> the last night in town, I'm reading about that because I'm partying in Vancouver before leaving for Japan for the first time. Uh, now, why the greater... I don't know, but that just represents, you know, the things that can go wrong, the life or death, the tension. I don't quite know why that got in and why Jason became a professor who ignored me because this really cute student got his attention. I'm not entirely clear on that either. But, uh, oh, I know, because I did write to him <coughs> just before bed. I sent him a message and 
that had to have been in my mind. So that's why he was the person I was thinking about. Yeah, just before we went to bed. So that's why he featured in it. But why he was so uh, indifferent to my condition, I don't know. He just seemed unaware of it. All right, that's enough. Oh, my God, 20 minutes. I am sorry for uh, those of you listening who uh, sometimes have to put up. But sometimes I just got to put out what I put out. And it's, you know, just, hey, this is what you get today, okay? It's, it's kind of a mixed up day and I'm just feeling kind of unsettled and I just I just want things to be really smooth again. I want to be able to just have a glass of wine tonight and just feel ah the day's done, no harm done everything's okay Scarborough Dude signing off, where's the bing 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 Down of Spring Hill, Nova Scotia Down in the dark of the Cumberland mine There's blood on the coal and the miners lie In the roads that never saw sun or sky In the roads that never saw sun or sky In the town of Spring Hill they don't lie easy Often the earth will tremble and roll When the earth gets restless, miners die Blood and bone is the price of coal Blood and bone is the price of coal In the town of Spring Hill, Nova Scotia Late in the year of 58 Well, the day still comes and the sun still shines But it's dark as a grave in the Cumberland mine It's dark as a grave in the Cumberland mine Twelve men lay two miles from the pit shaft Twelve men lay in the darkened sand Through long hot days in the miner's tomb It was three foot high and a hundred long Three foot high and a hundred long Listen for the shouts of the pale-faced miners Listen through the rubble for the rescue team Six hundred feet of coal and slag Hope imprisoned in a three-foot seam Open prison in a three-foot seam Eight days passed and some were rescued Leaving the dead to lie alone Through all their lives they dug their graves Two miles of earth for a mark and stone Two miles of earth for a mark and stone Ah, yeah. Just five o'clock. It is Thursday, October. What would that be? Twenty-one or twenty-two? Um, I was going to record the news. Yeah, um, oh, it's the twenty-second today. Oh boy, oh boy, does time fly when you're having fun? Yeah, and then it's just oh my god, Alberta. We we have problems here. You, you know, it's easy to pick on the states, but. Um, this is there's a movement, there's a swing in parts of Canada towards right wing governments and uh Alberta being one of them. And now they want to allow tourists to come and visit, it seems. That was top of the news. They'll test them at the airport and, and uh so they don't have to do the two weeks quarantine, you know, if they're negative and then follow up test from a week. And I, I can just see no, no, no. Something's going to go wrong, and this is just that wedge to open the door. And then once you're in Cal- Alberta, 
Of course, nothing's going to stop him from just going across the border into all the other damn provinces. So, anyway, let's not get upset. It's going to be upsetting enough tonight when uh, we have the final debate between Biden and Trump. Um, I know if my wife and son are in the living room, it will not be fun uh, because they'll say something. I will overreact, and <laughs> it just won't be pleasant. So um, they were both sort of saying, well, you know, from just from the looks alone, if they're going to judge by that, they like, uh, what's his name, better than um, Biden's vice president. You know who I mean. I do too, but I forget the name. Uh, and it just, you know, it just, it just gets me riled up. Do you know that expression, get all riled up? I get all riled up all too easily. And um, I'm laughing about it now, but during the times, I'm, I'm working on it. I, I mean, last night I just, I just shut up for a very long time. I didn't say anything. I didn't react. And I, I just let my wife speak for a very long time. And I just sat there quietly. And that was uh, that was not uh, that was not a bad thing to do. That was not a bad thing to do. Anyway, I mean, it's not all turmoil. We really do enjoy. I, I keep mentioning this, but just our time with uh, Jeopardy and Coronation Street, and, and it's a wonderful little shared bit of closest in the kind of thing. You know, I'm 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 thinking of the the day when I'm not here, and then oh, maybe my son will think back those times. Yeah. It was nice, Dad, sitting in his chair and the the three of us, you know, and the suppers. You know, it's always with our meal. Um, last night I barbecued wonderful uh, um, lamb chops, you know. They, they, oh, there's, lamb can be so tasty. I mean, it's really different. It's got its own taste, but oh, my God, these were good. Uh, anyway, 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 um, what's to say? Um, I got another one or two. I mean, I'm, they're trickling in submissions for the Dixon Jane zine. Now, I know if you're a listener, some right off the bat, people wrote in and sent me stuff. And uh, I've got more. So it's officially already gone from 12 pages. It's going to have to be a 16-page edition because uh, I got a very nice one from, uh, well, I'll say the name here, Squid Pod Joel. But he will just be known as Squid Pod. But (laughs) in in his case, because of what he said, we won't be using uh, real names. Uh, so anyway, it was an excellent piece and I, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Uh, and it's somebody who I don't think has written, uh, uh, for the, uh, zine before. I'll have to go back and check for that when we did that, uh, you know, the one year run in 2016, but I don't think so. Anyway, so this, the, the point of this rambling on, as I do, is a reminder. I set a November 1st deadline, and sometimes deadlines can be a little bit flexible. Um, but if uh, you're hearing this, and I'm going to try and put this out very soon, uh, it would give you about a week after this airs to get your submission in, if you haven't already, and you're thinking you'd like to, for uh, the Dixon Jane's special 16-page COVID edition All right, enough of that. 
Uh, I am still busy on my letters. I am uh, I am as excited as ever. Um, I got in touch with the uh, one of the guys who published the Kuso Memories book, the Kuso the Nigerian stories, uh, to find out because I'm thinking I'm going to use Blurb, which is what he used, to find out. Okay, what was your font size, and what was your, you know, what were these, what paper did you use, and so on. Uh, when you're choosing your options to have it published. And that one was just 162 pages, and I'm already uh, close to 200 and have so much more to include. So I, I really am seriously thinking, oh, my God, would this be better to put out in two volumes? But would anybody buy a second volume? They'd read the first and think, hmm, do I want more of that? But there is, I'm telling you, there is so much variety, you know, and, and, and I don't, it's not just me. Uh, you know, there's a letter from Tangier, 1970. Well, what was Tangier like in 1970? And it's not that it's all this flowery description or anything, and a lot of it is, you know, personal, you know, miss you, my health is okay, the things you might put in a letter to your parents. And then, you know, and then bam, suddenly you're back in Nigeria talking to Barnacle Bill and, and just going nuts because there hasn't been electricity or power in the village for four days and you can't get cold beer and you really want one. Uh, and so there's these mood swings and, and uh, it just jumps all over. And I just love the fact that I've got so many years that if I put out something from uh, 1975, I can follow that with something from 1981. For example, here I've got in my possibilities book, this is the book where I have all the letters put in nice plastic sleeves and I decide, okay, what would be a good one to follow? So here I've got one, March 27th, 1975. So I was in Vancouver then, probably still working on the railway on my way up to the Yukon. Uh, yeah, or maybe just getting up there. And then I'm going to follow that with uh, June 10th, 1987, from Madrid, Spain. And, of course, that would be with Naoko on our trip across Europe on our way back to Canada. Um, and then jumping back after that, February 7th, 1970, Tangier, Morocco, written to my parents. So that's... And then, you know, and, and just... It goes from there. Uh, and I just find, wow, there's a richness. I really do think it will be of interest to people. But uh, who knows? Gosh, what's this? 1978, letter number two. Where is that from? I've got to look at the... Oh, can't even see an envelope. Uh, anyway, okay, yeah, you've heard enough. And, and uh, what I'm saying is, you know, hey, hit me up. Say, hey, Ken, Ken, when you publish that book, if it's limited copies, I'd like one. That's what I want you to do. And uh, the zine thing, too, of course. And, you know, if I'm going I'm to put a plug in, if I get enough interest in this one, maybe there might be enough people who would like to, you know, maybe twice a year put out uh, another newsletter. Okay. All right. So is that all I had to say? I guess so. Uh, what else? Proud of my cat today. I made sure, like, her dish, she ate, she ate, like, every last crumb in her dish of, you know, the hard food. So I washed it out and put it back, knowing that she was going to have to call me to say, hey, 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 you, fooder, my, 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 my dish is empty, you know. And, um, of course, she did. And it was just a lovely meow, like a real calling from the kitchen door. Hey, hey, 
I need you. And I go over and I say, what is it? And I look at the dish and she goes over to the dish and she sort of rubs her head, you know, and does the thing and say, hey. And I'm just so, it's something I haven't talked about on this podcast much, but I, I think about it all the time. What is my cat thinking? Like, what's, what are they processing? How are they viewing the world? I just, I can't get into that cat size brain. I mean, she favors me. Like, it's just constantly. She won't get up on anybody else's lap. You know, my wife can pick her up and she might stay. But it's me she will come to repeatedly. Like, I'm number one. I'm the one she found on the deck. I'm the one, like, she's just got a bond that's so strong with me. Uh, But, like, when I open the door at night, she sits on her chair. She's got a nice cushion on the chair on our front porch. And I'll open the door and and I'll talk. Like, Yuki, do you want to come in? And I'll leave it open. And she'll sort of look, and yeah, I know the the routine we have, if she starts to lick herself, to wash herself, they'll say, okay, you're going to stay out longer. You want to have a wash. Now, that's a good idea. Okay, okay, you can wash. And I'll close the door, you know. and But then I'll peek out again. What if she's changed her mind and she's turning, looking at the door to see if I'm still there? Uh, I mean, it's incredible, the the complexity. <laughs> Is that complex? <laughs> That might be an an exaggeration, but I'm just going to say the complexity of the relationship between us. It's quite amazing, but it's it's so wonderful. Uh, I am just so grateful. This cat, you know, I've been talking about letters, but this cat has done so much to change my life uh, in in a in a wonderful way. Like it's just today, she just wanted up and got really comfortable on my lap. And always she wants to be sort of pinning down my arm so she can feel my hand against her belly. And just to be, she's got me snugged in. Like she's, you know, okay, hey, this is where we're, this is how we're going to sit and you're not going to move for quite some time. And I will, with my feet up, I will drift off and sort of go into a gentle kind of sleep. And it's just, uh, yeah, I'll just sit here. I don't have to do anything right now. I'll just sit here with Yuki. And it's, it's lovely. It's so lovely. And the joke, uh, you know, when I'm letting her in at night or going out is no problem. Hey, open the fucking door. I want out. But coming in, she's taking longer and longer to have me stand there. And then she'll turn and she'll look and sniff the air a little bit and see, well, is there anything else here I really need to take care of first? Or should I go in? Just hey, Would you mind just standing there and holding the door open while I while I figure out what I'm going to do next. And it just gets longer and longer and longer. Now, anybody with a cat knows this is what they do. It's, it's, they want control. It's not that Yuki is so special, but the intensity of the relationships, the, the, the loveliness of the relationship. And she'll still snap at me and scratch me when she's annoyed, you know, and, and she wants to play. Her eyes go dark and she wants to play. And boy, it's claws out like, hey. Put your hand there. I want. I want to catch it. And um, but it's just it's just great, great, great fun. The language. It, it's also another healthy release of talking to her, like in strange voices and saying things that you wouldn't say to another human. You just. It's just. It's just talking. And. It's special sounds, special voices. I don't think I can duplicate them now because she's not here. But if she was here, I'd be talking, cat talk, you know, in in a way that... 
and I, and I'm doing it like do you want out you know I, no I'm not going to imitate it no it's 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 our language but anyway that's uh, that's just to uh, have a change of topic from uh, from all these damn letters uh, yeah the other thing it's it's quite wonderful the girlfriends who've turned up in these letters that uh, yeah wow. Okay, uh, and then one priceless letter, of course, the one I wrote the day my son was born. Uh, even like before, I started writing a letter before he was born because, you know, I'd just taken her down to the uh, clinic. So, anyway, all right, okay, signing off. This this may be the end. I may have a couple minutes at the end. I may put it in the song. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. Here's my wife. Got to end. Bye for now. Say you will love me if I have to go. You'll be thinking of me somehow. I will know someday when I'm lonely, wishing you weren't so far away. Then I will remember things we said today. You say you'll be mine, girl, till the end of time. These days, such a kind girl seems so hard to find. Someday, when we're dreaming, deep in love, not a lot to say, then we will remember things we said today. Me, I'm just the Love to hear you say that love is love And though we may be blind Love is here to stay And that's enough to make you mine Girl, be the only one Love me all the time Girl, we'll go on and on Someday Say, then we will remember things we said today. Me, I'm just the lucky kind. Love to hear you say that love is love, and though we may be blind, love is here to stay, and that's enough to make you mine, girl. Be the only one. Love me all the time, girl We'll go on and on Someday when we're dreaming Deep in love, not a lot to say Then we will remember Things we said today Check, check, check Oh my God, today, it's the most beautiful day we've had, uh, well, <laughs> in a week, uh, you, you hear a lot of beautiful days, oh my God, I just turned my head, the sunlight has got the maples on full, I'm in Thompson Park, it's that yellow that is just so gorgeous, oh my God, I'll have to uh, tweet this, take a picture and tweet, ooh, there's a guy jumping up, 
people do exercise. They've got all these little machines here. Anyway, it is Friday, October 23rd, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And um, I'm on my way grocery shopping. And I want to take advantage of this little bit of blue sky and sunshine. And you know if you go shopping first and then you got ice cream or things that... uh, need to be frozen you can't you got to go home and then when you got home you get your shoes off and you brace off and you start putting things in the freezer next thing you've wasted a whole lot of time and then you check on the tv in case there's a news flash or you well, better check your email and fire up the computer and that reminds you to do something else oh i was supposed to call this guy or and next thing you know you're wasting away the day when you'd rather be outside so i'm i'm in the outside part first then I'll do the shopping. God damn, did I have to tell you that? I guess so. Um, I've been thinking on the drive over here, uh, again, you know, after a morning spent typing up letters, uh, this last, well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I was wondering if these podcasts at all resemble letters. Like, I'm always giving the date and the time and where I am. That's essential. And that's the one key feature the letters were never uh, the ones I've written. Every one I've placed in my book have always indicated the, you know, whether it's morning, afternoon, whatever, or later on. But always you know where I am, pretty well what I'm doing. And, um, you know, it, it's just very specific. And I think I do a lot of that in the podcast. By the way, um, I've had a little discussion with another friend online about the title for this book. And I, I was always, it was always going to be, I, I may have already discussed this, sorry, uh, waiting for now. Because I always was waiting for the right time to start writing my book. And that, you know, it just, there were so many nows that I started, but was never right. And anyway, I just, I just stuck. I, I, that became my thing, my mantra, waiting for now, waiting for now. It had to be called waiting for now. And then, but once I started writing, and, you know, again, I'm almost at 200 pages now, um, and it's, it's, I'm no longer waiting for now, it is now, and I'm, I'm doing it. So the other title was now, exclamation mark, here, H-E-R-E, exclamation mark, this, exclamation mark, now, here, this, which was... The poem I gave at PAB that I've never heard again, I asked Mark Blevis to look it up for me. There must be a recording of it. That one poem that wrote itself, that it's, of all the things I've done in podcasting, this is my proudest moment. This thing, I remember sitting in the office, and it wrote itself. It was just about being here now. And, you know, I remember Bob allowed me to do it. I had gone past my time. And uh, go ahead, dude. And anyway, <laughs> just coincidentally, I realized, oh, they, these letters that I'm writing are about the now. Where am I now exactly? I mean, I'm, I was in a cafe in a square in Lagos uh, last time I read. And that that was the, the here, and it was now. It was this Friday. I've just arrived. I'm picking up my visa at the Benin uh, Embassy. And it was the this, well, what's going on right now? Well, I'm just having a, you know, a sandwich or something in this place. And uh, I'm alone, but I'm making my plans for tomorrow when I've got to get a taxi to take me to Cotonou Benin. Uh, so 
that became the title. And then there's a part of me that says, you know, that's a bit corny now, here, this, you know, bold letters on the front cover. But really, it is, it is what it is exactly. It is now, it is here, and it is this. So I don't know. I mean, that, again, that that's the kind of thing that is the last final decision you make when you before you send your book off for a, a, a copy to be made by the publisher. So anyway, put your orders in now if you're interested. If anything I've said says, hey, well, you know, I think I'd like to read Ken's uh, stories, text me, email me, contact me, so I can go down this list and I'll know how many to pre-order. Um, the catch when you do it through uh, Blurb, was the book itself is not expensive, $12, but the shipping from their office, shipping and handling, and they call materials and everything, like putting it in an envelope and a sticker address, came to $15. And I guess that was coming up from the States, but that's a ridiculous price, and I thought if I could order a batch and have them from home, I could do that much cheaper and save you, the reader, some money. All right, I'm going to uh, have to get my camera out, my phone out, Take a picture of these. The leaves are actually falling in the sunlight. It's just unbelievably gorgeous. Uh, so glad I came out and uh, the grocery shopping. We'll have to wait. Scarborough Dude! Signing off, you know, so long for now. One of the things I say, take care. I say that in my letters often. Take care. So long for now. Those are things I think I say on here too. So I do think... Looking back now, after 15 years, it's beginning to dawn on me. These podcasts really are, I've called them personal journals, which I guess they are. But I wonder, do you do you think you, you let me know? Are, are these really a little bit more like letters? I don't know. Signing off, bye for now. Ding. Okay. This is a PS. And um, this is an indication of a difference between letter writing and podcasting. I'm very conscious of going over one hour. I feel I've already imposed too much. I never felt I am... Well, maybe I did feel I imposed a little when I would send a 14-page letter to someone like Bruce uh, because I was always insisting they write me back. And they did. So, it, you know, it, it worked out okay. But the podcast, I'm feeling, okay, I've, give, I've asked an hour of your time... And I really haven't said much. And I'm very defensive, very sensitive about that. Uh, and yet now I'm sitting in my car so steamed up that I needed to vent. And I thought, well, okay, you could start a new podcast. And then the voice said, hey, if it was a fucking letter, you would just keep writing. So that's what I'm doing. That's what this is. I'm just going to keep fucking talking. And so what if it's gone over an hour now? Because I've really got to get this out of my system. <sighs> I was raving about how beautiful those trees were. Now, I took half a dozen shots. None of them I liked. None of them I caught it right. Nothing is as beautiful as a maple tree in the sunlight just in real life. Like the the pictures. No matter, I tried this angle, this angle, you know, wider lens, close up. I tried everything and, you know, and nothing captured the real beauty of it. So that's that's fine enough. But as I walked towards one really, really nice tree in full red, there's a family there kind of having a picnic. It's just women, a few girls and women with headscarves, you know, Arabic, I guess. Well, whatever. Um, 
But I see the lady wiping down a bench, and then she just takes her tissue that she's used, a big mop of, you know, uh, what do you call it, paper towel, and throw it at a tree. And it lands right under the tree. And, and I'm like, I'm right there. And I go, hey, hey, don't do that. Pick it up. Look, there's garbage all over there. I actually call her out. There's, there's garbage over there. And she just mutters something at me in Arabic and turns her back. Like, total dismiss. Like, you know, you, you can't tell me what to do. She, maybe she didn't even know what I was saying, but it was obvious I was pointing. And I pointed to the trash cans. But she just, like, hey, fuck you. You know, hey, what are you doing? You know, you, you don't have no right to talk to me. And it's just, it burned me. I turned and left, and I'm, I'm back sitting in my car now. I feel like all the weight of the stupidity of humanity, the cruelty, the meanness, the pettiness, the just plain fucking ignorance, like the people that won't wear a mask, like all the things uh, James was going on about on the Sneeze podcast, all hit me at once. And, and it's just like it ruined the day. I, I just, I don't... Uh, it may seem silly... But if you can't, if somebody who's here because it's a beautiful day, they must see how fucking glorious Canada is in the fall with trees and a free park with tables and benches that you can just come and have a picnic with your family and there are no police, nobody's coming, nobody's asking for a pass, nobody's collecting money, you're just here to enjoy it. And yet, you don't understand fucking littering? You'll just throw that tissue? And yeah, sure, over time, with the rains coming, it'll just disintegrate. But why should, why should she do that? Why shouldn't she pick it up? Because if she's throwing that, what about anything else that's around? What about the little children with her and candy wrappers? It's just, it's just ruined the whole fucking experience. And I, I want to let it go... And sometimes, again, that's the similarity. With letter writing, I wrote and wrote and wrote to get things off my chest, to let it go, to be, to be done with it. I don't know if this helped or not. I don't know what it means to you, but it's, it's, it's fitting in that what we were talking about was a similarity between podcasting and letter writing. But really, it's about, oh, my God can't i mean it's so simple not to and what what can you do again it's like you think if i had that electric cattle prod i would just walk towards her with it threatening her but then you've spoiled the whole thing if you've got people around who have to in uniforms who have to watch what you're doing then we've lost the simple beauty of coming to a park for a picnic you can't have it that way i don't know Anyway, that's my P.S. Scarborough Dude once again signing off. Unless something else happens that I need to share. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Yeah, P.P.S. If I had gloves with me in the car, here's what I would do. I would go back. I would walk back there very, you know, close enough to them to so that there were my presence. Go to the tree where she tossed it. Pick it up. March right through her group, where the children are and everything else, with the tissue, point towards the trash can, and put it in myself. And show, just show her what I did. I don't know if I would say anything. 
I, I don't know if, if that would be necessary, that would spoil it, but I would make sure they saw what I was doing. And you know, maybe I'd, I'd want to make some comment about the children and, and teaching her children. <sighs> okay, <laughs> all right, I'll let it go. Jesus Christ. Bye for now. Uh, yeah, this is a PPS, I guess. Um, I realized, you know, I'm feeling better now. I'm no longer twisted up about that lady littering in the park. Uh, and I think it's because I did two acts of kindness today. Um, <clears throat> there was, uh, as soon as I, as I was leaving that park, there was a lady uh, asked, are you leaving? I was in a handicap spot. And I wasn't going to. I was going to sit there for a while. And right away I realized that, you know, she had a handicap sticker too. And um, she needed a parking spot close to, you know, accessing to the park. And so I said, sure, no, 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 don't worry. I'm, and I left right away. And she said, don't hurry, don't hurry. And I left right away and gave her the spot. I felt good about that. And then, because it was the right thing to do. And then in the, um, when I was grocery shopping, I arrived at a um, you know cashier checkout line the same time somebody else who uh, I had seen in the store shopping, and he had fewer things. I mean, I was just ahead of him, but he had fewer things in his basket. It was going to take shorter. I had a lot of groceries, and so I said, "No, no, you go first. Um, he didn't thank me, but I, I realized he was he was a bit of a strange individual anyway, and it, it didn't matter. It was just the right thing to do. So I think you can balance out those little things when people do things that annoy you and they're they're just going against what it is to be, you know, a good human. You know, people who litter, toss their cigarette butts out in the asphalt and, and all the things that people do that annoy you, uh, talking too loud, you know, every, all these things. Counter it by doing something even nicer yourself or on the opposite end of that scale yourself. Do something nice for somebody else. Be considerate. Be thoughtful. And it'll balance out that way. Okay? That's it. Thank you. Bye-bye.